I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 1019 FM. WFAN. Good morning, good morning, good morning. 201 Crystal Presti here with you on The Fan, hanging out on this now Wednesday morning, all the way up until 5 o'clock when the warm-up show with Al and Jerry comes your way. In advance of another installment of the Boomer and Geo Morning Show. A lot to discuss, as you would imagine. Baseball in full swing. Of course, the football locals. A lot to discuss there as well. We'll get into all of it over the course of the next three hours at 877-337-6666. I got my pal Mike Fliegelman across the way. You just heard from Marco Belletti with the updates. We'll probably chat with him at some point before he uh, heads home shortly after 4 o'clock. And we will try our best to keep you company throughout the overnight here. Certainly give us a call throughout, again, at 877-337-6666. And uh, the way I look at it is what a difference a week makes, right? So New York was riding high last Monday morning off a day where the Yankees, the Mets, the Jets, and the Giants all won on the same day for the first time in forever. And here we are, what, some 10 days later, not even, and the Yankees are the only one of the four holding up their end of the bargain, at least for the moment. And who would have guessed that would be the case not that long ago at the end of August where many people were leaving the Yankees for dead. There was talks of an epic collapse. They were in a tailspin. They were going to blow the big division lead in the AL East. Bullpen's a mess. The offense is a mess. Other than Aaron Judge, there's injuries galore. And now here we are on the morning of September 28th. There are eight games to go, and they've got the AL East wrapped up with room to spare. Uh, And you can't exactly say that the other teams in the division didn't play all that great. I think the Blue Jays, for the most part, have been playing some pretty good baseball, but the Yankees have righted their ship. Now, does that mean that they don't have their flaws still and their issues and their questions? They certainly do. And over the course of the next week or so, I'm sure we will outline and highlight all of those things as we get ready for postseason baseball now. The Yankees can breathe breathe easy knowing that they can get their guys in order, get some rest for guys that maybe are a little tired or banged up. Still got a couple of players that are working their way back from injury. Uh, most likely DJ LeMayu is a guy you might see over the course of the next couple of days. So they can kind of get all their ducks in a row, figure out the bullpen to the best of their ability. Obviously, you're going to have the first round by now, which is huge home field and all that good stuff that goes along with it. So it'll take you back to the summer when they were beating everybody in sight. And of course, the hope was that they would finish ahead of the Astros and they would clinch the one seed and they would have home field for the ALCS. And uh, that became a pipe dream with the way August played out for the Yankees. But they hold serve. They figure it out. They win the division. They don't have to worry about uh, Cleveland atop the AL Central. I mean, it's going to be the two seed. They're going to have the bye. 
and you go from there. So if it ends up that they do get to the ALCS and it's the Astros they have to deal with, well, we will we will kind of go through that as it comes. But right now, mission accomplished, and I think the proper celebration from the Yankees after this ball game and this win in Toronto, uh, most notably from Aaron Boone. And look, I am I'm not going to sit here and act like I am the biggest Aaron Boone fan or that I'm his biggest defender. Uh I think he is what he is. I think he is a guy that was put in charge of managing this team. I think he has his pros and his cons, his weaknesses and his strengths and we don't need to go through all those. We know what they are. But I will say this. You've seen teams collapse. You've seen teams essentially wave the white flag. You've seen teams not be able to overcome some of the issues that the Yankees dealt with, the injuries, and it helped that they got some guys back. It helps that Aaron Judge has been on just a ridiculous tear and had, you know, one of the more remarkable seasons that we've ever seen. And obviously there's still some games remaining to see if he can indeed break this uh, American League home run record, which uh, is still standing because Judge has now gone, what, seven games and 30-plus plate appearances without a home run. But it's such a unique situation because... He's not exactly slumping at the plate. Four walks on Tuesday night, five at-bats, five full counts. Uh, And it's not to say teams are pitching around him. They're pitching him carefully, I think, is the best way to put it. And Judge is not biting. Uh, You do not see him expanding his strike zone. He's not not expanding his zone and chasing pitches. He's not getting himself out. So it's sort of a cat-and-mouse game right now, which is interesting to see. But that's sort of a separate uh, topic in and of itself. And I'm sure we'll get into Judge throughout the course of the morning as well. But just a thought here on Boone and his staff, right? Because the Yankees get out of the gate strong. We know the numbers, 70-34 and 34 in their first 104 games. Then you get that 9-20 and 20 stretch, most notably just an awful August. But again, they've righted the ship, 16-6 and six the last 24 games. And I get it. It was a foregone, foregone conclusion pretty much this week that they were going to get this done once they got to Toronto and the magic number was two. So they needed just one win in the series to clinch the division, still with three home games against the Orioles and then finishing up uh, in Arlington against the Rangers next week. Um, But it's, I think we have to give Aaron Boone and his staff some credit, and I think you saw sort of the jubilation on his face when the final out was recorded at Rogers Center on Tuesday night, uh, and you saw him pumped up in the dugout with his staff. Uh, The Yankees put out a tweet, a video of him in the clubhouse where he's basically talking to the team before the champagne celebration begins. And the line was, we're the best team in the best division this year. Now, as far as Yankee history goes and Yankee expectations and the goals and the objectives for both the organization and the fan base, that doesn't mean a whole lot once the postseason rolls around. But we didn't get there yet. So I think it's rightful that the Yankees celebrate accordingly and feel like, hey, we accomplished what we set out to do in the regular season. It was a bit of a roller coaster. It was a grind. We faced our fair share of adversity, but we came out on top and did what we came here to do. So congratulations to Aaron Boone and his staff, to the players who definitely were enjoying themselves in the clubhouse, Aaron Judge right at the top of it. Um, so sometimes, you know, you don't know what to expect. They were even discussing it on the Yes broadcast as the game was kind of ticking down the last couple innings, the last few outs. You know, would there be champagne? Would they celebrate? Would it be loud and raucous? Would it be subdued? And I thought that they struck the right tone with that based on the way things have played out over the course of the season here. And now they have time to get themselves all lined up and in order and set for how they want to attack the postseason. And there's a lot of questions. Order of the starting rotation, postseason roster from a position player standpoint, especially if DJ LeMay is able to come back or if Matt Carpenter somehow gets himself back into the mix. 
Um, and you can kind of go through that with a fine-tooth comb over the course of the next, let's call it, I don't know, 10 days or so. I haven't even looked yet at when game one of the ALDS for the Yankees would be because obviously they're going to get uh, a well-deserved rest once the regular season ends and we go through the wild card round with these uh, best of three series between the teams that are participating in that round. Um, bullpen questions. Right now it seems like it's going to be closer by committee situation. Uh, Clay Holmes has left a lot to be desired post-All-Star break. Uh, you got a lot of main names that have been coming in, going out acquisitions at the trade deadline, guys that have been on and off the IL, the Araldis Chapman situation, Jonathan Lewisaga, uh Wandy Peralta, who's quote-unquote on the IL right now, though that seems to be maybe be more of a rest situation than anything else. So it's not a well-oiled machine. We get that. And even in a stretch where the Yankees have all of a sudden put together a, a lot of wins, they just had the winning streak snapped Monday, losing to the Blue Jays in extra innings, you know, even last night. They win the game, they wrap up the division, but the guys hit in the middle of the order, you know, combined had no hits and I think, what, seven strikeouts? Golden Sombrero for Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson again, just when you thought maybe he was starting to heat up a little bit, his numbers have gone the other way, but you've got Glaber Torres producing at a high clip right now, and if he's going to be hot the way he's been the last few weeks, and if Aaron Judge is going to continue, continue to get on base at the pace he's getting on base, and you mix in a seemingly healthy Anthony Rizzo, who, look, I think the average for him is what it is. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to get a ton of hits. He's probably going to hit about 220 or so, but he's come up with some big hits, some big home runs late in games, productive in big spots, and obviously been a, uh, a big-time run producer in this Yankee lineup when he's been healthy and in there consistently. So it's not a top-to-bottom, rock-solid lineup. There's question marks even with some of the pitching. How is Garrett Cole going to fare in the postseason? You know, beyond him and Nestor Cortez and I guess Luis Severino just came back. I mean, Jamison Tyon pitches a good game on Tuesday night against the Blue Jays. But is that really a guy you're going to trust in a postseason start? They're probably going to have to. But as a Yankee fan, if he takes the ball in a game three or four of a series, you know, you don't quite know what to expect. And if things go south, do they really have the arms in the bullpen to piece it together? Whether it be a Domingo Herman in a multiple inning appearance or Clark Schmidt or run down the list of guys that they've been trotting out there. On any given night, they can look great, and other nights they can look like they have no clue where the ball's going. So, again, all's well that ends well regular season-wise, and maybe even in the first round, or in this case the second round, in the American League Division Series, depending on who the opponent is. Uh, But if indeed they should be fortunate enough to make it to the ALCS, and assuming they see the Astros there, it becomes a whole different conversation. But there's time for that over the course of the the next few weeks to deal with. That's the Yankee story. Now, we get to the Mets. And I come at it from a different angle, of course, because I am a born and raised Yankee fan. I do not, I have nothing against the Mets. I like to see the Mets do well. I've been pulling for them all year long. I've been ultra impressed with the season they've had, what Buck Showalter's done with this team, the season Pete Alonso's had. I have been buying Edwin Diaz stock basically since April. I've loved the way uh, he has ba- turned things around and and bounced back from just a horrific couple of first couple of seasons at a Met uniform and basically done a complete 180. Um, so there's a lot to like about this Mets team. But right now, the fan base, understandably so, Considering the standings and considering not just recent history, but overall history with the Mets and things that have gone wrong in September, collapses, September swoons, failing to live up to expectations down the stretch, 
I understand why everyone wants to hit the panic button right now. And Tuesday night was not a good look because they get an opportunity again against a lesser team. The Marlins come in, and all you got to do is basically just keep your head above water and try to maintain that one-game lead until you get to the series with the Braves coming up on the weekend. Of course, Hurricane Ian might have something to say about that. That's another layer to this whole thing that we can get into as we go along here. Uh, But let's deal with the here and the now. And what we saw from the Mets on Tuesday night was certainly concerning. And Carlos Carrasco picked a bad time to have a bad outing. And they pop up for him here and there. There are nights where he looks unhittable, and there are other nights where you kind of scratch your head and just wonder, eh, is this really a guy we can we can rely on? I mean, we know about the big three. Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, you feel pretty comfortable. Yeah, And I know people are concerned about, some people are concerned about DeGrom now based on the last couple of starts. I'll believe that when I see it. Um, I, I still think that he is going to be ready to go in the big spot and ready to to come through with a Jacob DeGrom performance that we've come to know and expect. And I think we're holding him to such a high standard because of what he's done when he's been healthy, the numbers he's put up, the performances on a start-to-start basis that he puts forward. Uh, So I'm not at all concerned that he had a stinker out in Oakland. Now, I may have egg on my face when, if and when he does pitch against the Braves, whenever they're going to line him up to start or whenever that game's going to be played based on the weather situation with the hurricane. You know, maybe they're moving, thinking about moving some games around here or there. That remains to be seen. But I feel pretty good about where the Mets are at with their pitching staff in the top three. However, they've got to find a way to finish this off and get this division title. And I don't need to outline for you the benefits of getting that done, not just from a games played standpoint, not even just from a home field advantage standpoint, but also from a bracket standpoint of where things are going to line up for you and the opponents you would potentially be facing as the wild card team as opposed to the winner of the NL East. Now, I will also point this out, and the Met fans, I'm sure, aren't going to want to hear this, and this is something that I've been touching on, I feel like, since maybe the start of August, and that's that we have to tip our cap to some extent and give credit to just how good the Braves have been for this extended stretch. Now I get it. The Mets in September are now one and six at home against the likes of the Marlins, the Cubs and the Nationals. No excuses. I can't, uh, there's no way around that. I cannot sugarcoat that. I sugarcoat that. I cannot give you the other side of that. However, the Mets are 14 and 10 in the month of September. And if you do the math, that plays out to about a win pace season long of about 94 to 95 wins. Still pretty strong. The Braves are 17 and seven. I mean, both teams had lighter schedules down the schedule here, down the stretch here. Yes, Atlanta took care of business Tuesday against the Nationals. The Mets did not take care of business against the Marlins. So, in a immediate outlook, in a in a short term perspective, in a just kind of having our not blinders on, but looking straight ahead in this vacuum of just this week and what's going on with the two teams before they meet head to head down in Georgia later on this week. I I understand it, and it didn't look good. Even after Pete Alonso hits the home run and they get themselves back into the ball game, all of a sudden here comes Trevor Williams and kind of pours some gasoline on the fire. And the next thing you know, the Mets are down three again. Then you had that whole situation with Richard Blyer and the three balks in the same inning, which was basically gifted the Mets a run. Whether or not they were balks by the letter of the law, I mean, that doesn't really matter. It's just something you never see. The guy had never been called for a balk in his big league career. Now, all of a sudden, here's three of them in the same inning to give the Mets another run. And all of a sudden, they've got maybe a little bit of hope. But then you get to the ninth inning, and it's bleak. Daniel Vogelback, I've been a Vogelback guy. 
I've been a Vogelback supporter. I've been uh, waving the pom-poms for Vogelback since he came here. And I know some of the Mets fans were not pleased with uh, what the Mets did at the trade deadline, felt it wasn't enough. And I'm not going to argue and say that it was uh, and that they couldn't have done more. But I've liked some of the things Vogelback has done. And he gets up there to lead off the ninth inning, and he looks at three strikes. And he goes down looking, down a couple of runs, trying to get on base. Mark Hanna goes down looking. And Eduardo Escobar, who's been great here in the month of September and has turned his season around all of a sudden, strikes out swinging, and the Mets go meekly at home against Don Mattingly's Marlins with Mattingly basically, I'm not going to say one foot out the door, but we've already learned that this is going to be it for him. And the Marlins obviously are going nowhere. It's been another lost, disappointing season for them. But they came into City Field on Tuesday night, and as they've been at times in years past, at this particular time of year, once again, playing the role of a thorn in the Mets' side. So here we are, 97-58 and 58 for the Mets. 97-58 and 58 for the Braves with seven games to go. And it's all out in front of them now. Of course, if they could have found a way, and maybe they still will. Hey, maybe the Mets come out and win on Wednesday and the Braves lose and the one-game advantage heading into the three-game series is restored. That would be ideal because if you can manage to keep the one-game edge and you should end up losing two out of three to Atlanta and you come out of the tied, and if they end the season tied, the Mets would have the tiebreaker in that scenario. And then it's just one, it's that extra safety net, that extra cushion that could help you out. But we know the Mets don't necessarily like to do things the easy way. And it looks like that's the way it's going to play out. So I understand the frustration. It's a bad look Tuesday night, you know, in a vacuum, just that game. But I can't lose sight of what has been overall um, an impressive, outstanding might be a strong word, but an impressive, at times surprising unexpected overall regular season performance from this Mets team. So I understand the concerns. Uh, I understand the Mets fan ready to hit the panic button. Who wants to rip the team right now? There's even all of a sudden the bloom is off the rose of the Buck Showalter. uh, The blooms off the rose of Buck Showalter's rose a little bit here over the course of the last few weeks. You want to question the bullpen management, some of the lineup decisions, um, sticking with some of these veteran guys that aren't getting it done as opposed to seeing what some of the younger players like a Mark Vientos could get in there and do. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. I can make that case with both the Yankees and the Mets. Even though the Yankees took care of business and locked up the division, you know, I, just to, to make a comparison, I still don't understand why Oswald Peraza is not playing more regularly over Isaiah Conor-Falefa, but that's a conversation for another segment. Point being, both teams have Question marks, things that they need to figure out over the course of the next couple of weeks, and areas of concern, flaws, warts. Neither team is going to enter the postseason as some sort of juggernaut. Now, in the Yankees' case, we already know where they're going to be entering the postseason. The Mets still remains to be seen, but I don't think that's because they're a lesser team than the Yankees or that they've played uh a worse brand of baseball than the Yankees. It's just a product of the division they're playing in and the team that is directly behind them. And we have to give credit and understand and acknowledge the fact that the Braves are the defending champs and basically since the end of May have played at just a ridiculous clip. So that's me being the objective Switzerland guy who can kind of take a step back and look at the big picture rather than just overreacting to this one individual game. 
Now, if my pal Sal Licata, who, of course, I'm filling in for, was here, I'm sure you'd be getting a much different tone. It would probably be a lot louder, a lot angrier, and that's not me criticizing Sal. I love Sal's passion and his energy and his excitement, his, his anger, the veins that pop out of his bald head sometimes when he gets all worked up. Uh, and he is a diehard Met fan who, of course, if you follow him on Twitter, he made the point that he's out there in California on a little vacation trip and he went to see the Giants play. And not only did the Mets lose on Tuesday night, but he's at the Giant game and he's he's got to watch J.D. Davis Homer in person, which I thought was pretty funny. Oh, man. So I feel for the Met fans. And I certainly want to hear from you on the phones at 877-337-6666. I'll do my best to try and uh, talk you down, talk you off the ledge. The great Steve Summers, who's, who, of course, used to grace these airwaves in this particular time slot, used to offer, you know, what, Mets therapy, not just for the Mets, but a lot of the local teams. But So the couch is open. Come on through, and I will do my best to try and uh, talk you down and give you reason for hope and optimism and positivity and glass half full to feel like even though things went south on Tuesday night that there is still a path towards where you want to get to as a Met fan and it's a realistic one of course the other side is very realistic as well that they are going to end up succumbing to the Braves and ending up as the wild as a wild card team in the National League but you know what if they do you go play the games you win that series and then you take it from there all right, can only be one division winner, and it's not like they would be losing it to a team that is not worthy of winning the division. The Braves have been that good. They're that talented. They've had to overcome some issues and some adversity and some injury situations over the course of the last couple of weeks. Certainly had to overcome their slow start at the beginning of the season. The Mets have been the much more consistent team. Um, maybe not blowing out their opponents at times the way the Braves have, but that's not really how the Mets are built, which is why I think a game like Tuesday night against the Marlins is more apt to happen to the Mets. But what we've seen from the Mets is the ability to bounce back and respond and not have those lengthy losing streaks slide in, to overcome, to, to bounce back, to win a series, to win the next game, to piece it together. And that's what I would expect to see from them coming up on Wednesday against Miami. But that remains to be seen. Let us step aside, take our first break. Crystal Presti here just getting started. A lot to discuss with the baseball locals. You want to get in on the Mets or the Yankees right now, would love to hear from you at 877-337-6666. As we go along, certainly have some thoughts on the football locals as well as they transition from week three to week four. But when we come back, we will hit your baseball calls uh, as we... Get us started here on a Wednesday morning slash overnight all the way until 5 o'clock when the warm-up show with Alan Jerry comes your way. We're coming right back after this on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.